Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, and welcome to a special edition of Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower with me, James McKeitha. And you might be able to tell I'm talking on the phone. And... I've got Saab Jahal to come in here and, well, not come in anywhere. He's actually on a phone as well because we're both uh, trying to do this session uh, with uh, the idea of isolation in mind uh, and what that means for people's mental health. Saab, thanks for joining me. Kia ora, James. I hope you're keeping well. Thank you. And you too, mate. Uh, it's, it's a very strange time uh, we live in. And there are a few questions um, that I think our listeners probably have and I definitely have. Um, and I wanted to start by talking to you about fear and what fear does to our sort of our emotional cognitive process. Sure. I think it's a really good question. And I think that it's something that people are going to be experiencing already uh, and maybe a little bit more the, in the next few days. And we have to kind of recognize that we're going to be in this for a while now. So I guess... Fear is one thing, and perhaps anxiety is a little bit different too. So maybe I'll just talk about both of those. Now, so fear is an emotional response to something that's kind of happening now. It's, a, it's an imminent threat, and it's real. Whereas anxiety is more about figuring out what this is going to mean for you in the future. So it's not just about what's going on now, but it's you thinking about, oh, what does that mean for what's going to happen next? So that's why I think it's um, anxiety can be really hard to get a grip on. It's kind of unfocused and it's kind of in the future. And at the moment, you know, the future looks up in the air for many of us. <laughs> I mean, I, I have mild anxiety and I, how, is, how is my condition prescribed? Uh, more towards the depression side with a hint of anxiety. Uh, so I'm, I'm in a position where I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily massively afraid of the future, but aware that it's going to be really, really bad. Well, I think it's going to be very different to how it is that we planned it. And for some people, it's going to be certainly in the short to medium term, a lot worse than they planned it. At the same time, I guess it's important to understand that for many people, most people, the majority of people, COVID-19, if you fall ill, it's going to be something that you're going to be okay with. It's not going to be a good time, but you're going to get through it okay. What we're really worried about is making sure that we can protect those people who are most vulnerable. But it's the uncertainty and it's the unfamiliarity about, well, what does that mean that people are really struggling to get their handle on? So fear is a, is a normal response in this situation. It, it, it's, it's okay if you're, if you're, you know, that strange cycle you can get into where you're like, you feel afraid, but then see other people like, oh, maybe I'm not meant to feel afraid. And then you start to become anxious about, oh, is something wrong with me that I'm feeling more afraid than other people? This is actually all normal. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very common. So I guess one of the things that we do when we're feeling like in, uh, we're in an uncertain time, an unfamiliar time, is that we look at other people's behavior. And if we're walking around and everybody else seems to be kind of like getting on with life and we ourselves are feeling quite fearful, then, yeah, it's perfectly natural for us to look at ourselves and go, well, hang on a second, this feels like I'm the odd one out here. But, you know, don't be, you know, you can be certain that there's lots and lots of people who are feeling like 
you are right now and who are presenting outwardly like they're okay. And then suddenly things may switch and then suddenly they may start to feel fearful too. And that kind of leaks out into how it is that we are with each other. I know with anxiety, uh, one of the things you know you often get asked as a performer is, "Oh, do you get scared?" And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that um, you do, and you use that energy. Um, that's a little trick that you know, as you learn to become better at performance, you you get used to the anxiety, and you use that energy to put into your performance, become more productive. Um, are there ways in which people can can focus that that fear and anxiety to um, not? You know, I know we're supposed to be isolated, but that doesn't mean we can't be active. Yeah, you're absolutely right, James. Anxiety is an emotion, and emotions are there for a reason. They are to motivate us to do something. So if you find yourself sitting amongst 150 toilet rolls and 50 packets of pasta, your anxiety has motivated you to go and do something to try to reduce the uncertainty around your future. But unfortunately, it can also make us take knee-jerk decisions. So, yes, it can motivate us and we can use that energy, but we have to be careful where we use that energy and where it directs us. So one of the things that I've been talking about is almost drawing out two circles of control. There's Mm -hmm. one circle that you have control over where you can do some things about meaningfully, and there is another circle which are things that are outside of your control, which are the things that you worry about. And you don't want to spend too much time in that circle because you can't really do anything about it. You kind of need to acknowledge that it's there. But focusing on what it is that you do have control about, the things that you can make a difference to, which is what you're talking about there. You can use that anxiety and that energy to influence things that make you feel better. And what can we do to, um, if we if we feel ourselves, because I, I think it's not just clear states on and off. You know, for me and I know for people I've been talking to just just these past couple of weeks and, and of course, it, as it escalates, you know, these past few days, it feels more like just a wave, like you're on a roller coaster, you know. What, what can we do if we feel ourselves slipping further into sort of a, I want to say irrational fear. Is, is, is that the right term? I hear what you're saying and I think it's really easy to feel overwhelmed and then you find yourself feeling like you don't really know how to behave or or you feel almost like a stranger to yourself in that situation. And Mm. I think when we feel like that, the first thing is to notice that, that actually this feels really strange for me and I I don't really like it, and to be able Mm. to take a bit of a a step back and take a bit of an audit. And one Mm. of the things that we can do is to, I guess, think about the exposure to new information and the relentless tide of new information. And it's happening fast. It's coming at us fast really now. And I'm not saying that we need to live like hermits, but we Mm -hmm. do need to watch what we're consuming. And I think just Mm -hmm. like your physical diet, it's important to get your variety, your five a day, and not to binge eat those five packets of toffee mallows that you bought from the supermarket on the weekend. So your mind doesn't really need you binging on news and new information that makes you feel bloated and queasy and out of control and feeling like, well, I'm, I'm behaving in an irrational way. What you think might be irrational might actually, your brain is telling you, this is actually really useful and adaptive for you to be doing right now. So we need mm. to just take a step back and get another view on that. One way I've found it's, it's manifesting for me, and I don't mean it to be, but I, and I'm sure many people have experienced this, maybe you have too, of I, my temper's just a little bit shorter, not massively, but it's just a little bit shorter. And I think that maybe part of that's frustration. And is there anything we can do because... 
you know, with social distancing, uh, especially, it's such a new concept for a lot of people that I find, you know, just trying to explain it to loved ones, and I just find I get a little short. Um, but I, you know, you don't want to aggravate. Is there anything we can do, mate? Yeah, man. That, that's again, that's not uncommon. When we're feeling overwhelmed, we have, like, we've got so much reserve to deal with things. And then if it's all been taken up with trying to figure out what's going on, then when we're trying to have social interactions, we don't have a lot of reserve for when it's not feeling like it's going the right way, we can feel irritated. And it's important to remember that, actually, you know, we talk about social distancing. What we're talking about here, actually, is physical distancing. So we need to try to keep those social relationships going in this time where we're feeling like there's a lot of stuff going on, there's a lot of stuff for us to think about, and a lot of it is making us feel worried and anxious. So, yeah, mate, one of the things that we can do is give ourselves a break, give, give ourselves a little bit of time, be gentle with ourselves, and understand that actually this might be a, take a little bit of time to explain how we're feeling to other people. Because that person that you're trying to communicate with, they may be in a position where they're not feeling particularly anxious right now, and they're finding it difficult to understand those people who are. And I think as this goes through time, then we may all get on the same page around this. But I think it's going to take a lot of time and adaptation. So we need to be gentle with each other whilst we're going through this, as well as ourselves. Is, is there any link between um, fear and, and empathy? Is there, is there something for us to watch out for? Because, you know, what you're talking about is us um, being empathetic towards each other, but also I, I feel like panic buying is like the manifestation of fear overriding that. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think... That's something that we know, that when we're fearful, we're kind of looking for our own kind of interests. Mm. Um, and that's the result of living in a society where the individual is prioritized. Whereas people who come from a different upbringing, a different way of living, um, perhaps they're thinking more about um, the family or the society or, or the community. And if we can keep that in the forefront of our mind, then actually our actions are rooted in, well, what's not only good for me, but what's good for my community. And mm. one example I can think about here is like, you know, washing our hands is really, really important, not just for us, but also making sure that we protect others in our family and our communities. But even more important than that is when we become ill and we recover, mm. then we need to keep washing our hands. Because although you may not be affected by it, you may pass it on to somebody else. And that's the, that's the frame of mind I think we need to take when we are becoming fearful, actually taking a bit of a step back and thinking about what's my place here? Who can help me, but who can I also help through my actions helps us then to perhaps start to counter some of that fear and, and self-centeredness. Yeah, and I suppose games and rhythms um, can become important in that. I've seen a lot of uh, examples of uh, celebrities uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, the guys from uh, Queer Eye, um, they'll, they'll put uh, things of them washing their hands uh, and uh, doing it a tutorial. I think Schwarzenegger had donkeys, uh, which is probably a completely different health risk. Uh, and, uh, you know, people have been singing songs uh, or putting up their favorite songs to do that. Is, is that also um, a games an important part of um, us keeping our mental health well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean... I think somebody posted on Facebook that instead of singing Happy Birthday, they put the words of the tune of Home and Away. And now I can't yeah, get amazing. that out of my head. I can't <laughs> get that out of my head. <laughs> and so, yeah, the interesting thing is that once you start singing that, you kind of can't stop. 
So it kind of you, makes you carry on washing your hands. You may do it a bit quicker than you the 20 seconds that you're supposed to do it because you want to get it over with. But all of these little rituals and games and memes, they're really helpful, you know? It just enables us just to flick into a slightly lighter side. You know, this is a serious thing, but we can't spend all our lives trapped in serious mode because it's really hard on us. So, yeah, mm. when people are flippant and people are using humour, there's, there's a place for that. There's room for that. So, yeah, don't be scared of using that. We have to be serious, but we also have to think about how is it that we can diffuse this so it's easier for us to kind of live with and, and digest. We're going to be here for a while. Is it about, and I think of advice you've given me before along this way, is it about um, if you find your temper's a bit short uh, and you see someone being like just taking a breath and trying to contextualise? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think we've talked about this before. Often people can feel fear and irritation very physically. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, for some people, it's kind of like that rush of blood and you want to kind of like lash out and say something. And some people feel it in other ways, like a shortness of breath or a heart racing or their hands sweating if it's more of an anxious kind of feel. So, yeah, being able to take a few breaths, take yourself out of the situation, sitting down and counting your breath in and out simply for, for 10 seconds and then repeating that. You know, often that just gives you a little bit of a space, flicks you into a different state of mind, and you may start to see things a little bit more differently. And it's probably a, a movie quote or a, a good song lyric that you can do for 10 seconds to just pause and, and mutter under your breath. <laughs> I am one yeah, with the force, the force is with me. I am one with the force, the force is with me. <laughs> I've seen a few alternate lyrics for Bohemian Rhapsody as well going around today. So, yeah. Being playful with it and, and being able to just flick into that more playful state of mind, I think, has a lot going for it, including, yeah, all of these famous movie quotes. And I, I guess a final question along this line, Sav, is um, look, I, I think it's unrealistic for us to not think there won't be little mini explosions. You know, someone's going to yell at a loved one, maybe even at a parent, you know, because, of course, we're all, I think we're all carrying that horrific fear that with this thing, you know, it's our parents who are most at risk. And that's a, it's an odd feeling, I think, as a child to be thinking about. And, of course, there are parents who are very young ones as well in the same boat. If you do have an explosion, if you, you know, because normally we hug it out. Isn't that what we're taught? If, you know, if you, if you have a, a big a fight, hug it out or shake hands, you know. What, what can we do in a time of absolutely not hugging it out and absolutely not shaking hands? What are some things we can do to... to um, say we're sorry, uh, you know, to, to mend those wounds quickly. Oh, James, that's a hard one. Um, you know, I've got a, <laughs> sorry, mate, I've just to help the world. <laughs> as, as you were talking then, I had, I had, you know, I'll be freely admitted, my parents are in lockdown at the moment in London, and I had a feeling of dread as you were talking then. And it's something that I'm struggling with myself because, you know, being on a video call at a distance mm. is, is tough enough at the best of times. And then when you're mm. thinking about something like this, it's, um, it's really hard. And I think one of the things that we may find ourselves doing is, you know, finding different ways to repair mm. uh, and lots of different ways to repair. Because, yes, we are going to snap at each other at times. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to be miscommunicated. But I guess making sure that we can commit to giving it another go. Uh, and mm. finding a different way to perhaps be with each other and help to repair what might be ruptured when we're, mm. when we're talking in this way in this difficult time. I think that's an important commitment to try to make. Mm. Oh, so, you know, I think uh, I've, I've got 
family in the UK, as you know, and, and we're, we're a small island nation uh, in New Zealand, and so everyone's got connections all over the world. So you're not in it alone, mate, and, uh, and I know that anxiety is a, is a big one. So I think that's really great advice uh, you're giving about just, just understanding the times we're in and, and committing to, you know, not just cutting it off and giving it another go. I think that's really great advice, mate. I think one of the other things, James, I was thinking about is, you know, as we're trying to protect our older citizens, our older people in, in each society, then the connection that they have with their grandchildren is also mm. really important, but that's suddenly going to become limited. And for mm. those grandparents, that's a really, really important part of their lives. So finding ways mm. that we can continue that relationship going as well. And for, you know, people like perhaps you and I, we're kind of like in the middle. You know, we've got a lot going on, but we've also got to try and kind of broker that relationship and keep that going. And one of the things I was thinking about is, do you know what? I'm, we're the generation that do the IT support, right, for, <laughs> for, for our parents. And then how yeah. do we do that like, when we can't go and see them? So I was thinking, I've got to find a way of actually getting remote control of their device, not because I want yeah. to kind of do anything bad, but I want to just be able to make this work for them. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the most frustrating thing. <laughs> Spend half of the time in isolation just on the phone going, no, no, the other button, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it's already yeah, happening. No, that, yeah, that's the heater remote. No, that, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Sab, thank you very much for making time uh, to come and talk to me. Um, I know that you must be very busy. Uh, mental health is a massive issue right now uh, with the pandemic, and we're only just kind of beginning to figure out uh, how mass isolation can affect people. So I really do appreciate you taking time to come and talk to me, mate. Hey, my pleasure, James. You go well, hey. Let's talk again. You too, mate. You too. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.